And as we take our word, a copy of God's Word, listen, aren't we thankful this morning we have a copy today in our hands? And if you don't, there's one provided for you right there in the, in the pew. I turn to John 15. We'll finish chapter 15 today and watch what God does as we uh, complete the service. We should get out of here by at least 2.45. I'm uh, just kidding. Uh, we'll get in just briefly. But I want you to see something God has set up. And today's sermon is very clear. Chosen, keep this in mind. So many people today, especially young preachers, Baptist preachers, and Presbyterians, they want to talk about, well, I'm elect, I'm the chosen. And some people say, well, how do you know if you're, if you're chosen? If you're saved, you're chosen. The end, okay? If you're not saved, Jesus loves you. And he, wants, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. And if you believe that and trust Jesus to, for the forgiveness of your sins and ask him to come to your heart and life and ask him to be your Lord and Savior, he says yes every single time. The Bible says in Romans ten thirteen, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so you have that opportunity if God speaks to your heart. It can be in a church service. It can be on the side of the road. It can be in a hospital. It can be anywhere that God places you and he speaks his word into your heart. Or your, you've heard his word and it speaks to your heart. So let me challenge you today, the chosen is the people that are saved. You say, well, who can be? Here's the deal. Don't meddle in God's business and uh, let him be God, okay? If you want to be God, then you can actually, uh, that's what Satan got kicked out of heaven for because he wanted to replace God and know it all that God knew. Let me challenge you today to do your life, give your life to him, surrendered, and then you know that you are of God's elect or God's chosen. Uh, why fight about it? Why drink coffee and waste time? Go share the gospel. Go share the word of God with those who are in need. Let's read today in John 15. We'll pick up. We need to back up just a little bit. And just in verse 17, as we've been preaching through, if you haven't been with us, you can get our messages online. Jeremiah puts those online for us, and we're thankful for that. But the word of God says this in, in John 15, 17. These things I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, know, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I have chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the, the, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Verse 21. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Keep that in mind. You have no excuse for your sin. There is not one innocent person on the planet. So don't worry about those people that are far away in another land and say those poor innocent people, how will they ever hear the word of God? That's why we have missionaries. That's why we go forth. But there is not one innocent person born. And Jesus says to this because he spoke directly to them. Verse 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have, they would not have, no, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated me and my father. Here's the key point, verse 25. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Let me save the, the coming rejection coming up in just a moment. I want you to go to your notes in your bulletin, if you would. I want you to show you a couple of things. It's very important for us as we leave out of here today, and you take those bulletins with you because it's very important that we know who we are. 
We know that who Jesus was talking directly to, he was talking to his disciples. He told them tough times are coming. He told them that actually he was going to be going to the cross. And he said where he's going, they can't go. They're in a lot of confusion. They've been following him for three years. And now we get to this point where Jesus says, if you love one another, listen, do this, love one another. This is my command, love each other. Well, how do we show love today? Because the Bible says also in the last days, perilous times are coming. And you spoke about Mr. Goodman, perilous times are here, right? And the last days started when Jesus resurrected from the cross, just for the record. And for us, we say, wow, that's been 2,000 plus years. Well, God's not a keeper of time like we are. God says it's going to happen, it's happened. It's progressively getting worse, as you know. You can look at societies just like anyone else can and see. Uh, we talked about the cats last week of the, the furries. They're actually in Aiken County now. The girls are painting cat masks on their faces and wearing tails, and they meow back to the teachers and instead of actually uh, saying here. And uh, the grown-ups are accepting that. It's not going to happen here at Town Creek Baptist Church or Town Creek Christian Academy. I want to tell you, if I say, and by the way, no jokes, the youth are away at camp this week on a retreat. If a youth meows back to me, I'm going to write them up, right? And we have a statue of dis disrespect, and they're going to be dismissed from our school because we have a purpose and a plan to train up disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our goal. Come alongside parents and do what parents are called to do. We don't care if they're confused. The Bible says all confusion comes from one author. And guess who the writer of that book is? The devil. So if you're confused today and don't know who you are or what you are, it's coming from the devil, not from God. God made you male. God made you female. and made you human. In his likeness, he made you. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he made male and female. So don't entertain it at work. And I don't know how some of you work for the government. I know I used to be in a government employee, and it would be so hard if you're in a supervisor role or management role. But there is no way on the kingdom I'm going to call a man, she, and a woman, he. I'm just not going to do it. If I offend you, so be it, because I'm saying what God says about you. I'm not going to do it. It's, it's ridiculous. So when we get into the Word of God, when we speak, and that's love because in church it's a little more, it's a little bit louder in here today, right? Because we proclaim the Word of God, but here's what we want you to understand. As we proclaim the Word of God, we know that we're actually speaking truth in love because I was that hard-headed sinner lost, headed for hell, until I heard a preacher stick his finger in my face with the Word of God and say, you must be born again. You're going to hell because of your sins. And sins are, multi listen, there's a multitude of sins that keeps us from heaven, right? The very one sin can keep us out. But I was that hardhead who was in church every Sunday like most people. I was baptized even as a Baptist, but I was still, I didn't get it and I didn't want it. I wanted to actually be, do my own things. And so when I went out to the Navy, I joined the Navy and the world system is like, come on and let's bring it in. Let's have fun. That's what the world screams to us as young people and older people. Come do my thing. And when we would travel overseas, they would say, here's what you don't do. They would have a debrief. These are called the red light districts. Don't go to the red light districts. If you go here, there's going to be this type of women there. If you go here, there's going to be this kind of fighting that's going to go on. They hate the U.S. Uh, American sailors. If you go here, and every place that they said don't go, guess what we wanted to do? The inner the inner sinner wanted to do what? Go to the worst places because we wanted to see if it was true. And I always joked and said they were giving us a tour guide before we got there, not a warning. It was always like an invitation to go to the wrong place because we wouldn't have known where to go if they hadn't told us. So what I want you to understand today is that sinful person inside of you, the sinful flesh that you have, will always go after the world and the world system. So when Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he's telling them clearly, if you love one another, here's what's going to happen.
you're going to actually experience relationship with God. Let's look at your notes. Jesus told the disciples that they could personally experience true love and perfect love, and I really wanted to put perfect peace in there, if they kept his commandments. Those of you who have been to a wedding, or the 1 Corinthians 13 is often read. Paul talks about love and faith and joy. He talks about all different things in love. Love is never, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love does all these wonderful things. And he talks about all the different spiritual attributes of a Christian. And he says, above all things, what's the greatest? It's love, because that's the nature of God. Read that on your own time when you have a chance to read your Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Second point I want you to see is Jesus is God, as we talked about this in 1 John 4, 8. So his commands come from the heart of God, and the Bible tells us that God is love. Make sure you don't get that backwards. Love is not God, but God is love. And every nature that comes from God, no matter if it's judgment, no matter if it's something that's beautiful, something that actually, when a baby's born, no matter, fill in the blank, anything that's good, all the good things come from our Heavenly Father above, the Bible tells us. So everything comes from his heart of love. So when we have a controversial thing, maybe in Scripture, and you don't understand it, and someone says, aha, here's an error in Scripture. It seems that God was angry, God was unjust. Out of that, and we have hatred many times listed here, because growing up you couldn't say hate. Hate's a bad word, you can't say hate. And I used to say, well, God hates sin. And the Bible says, Jesus says, the world's going to hate you. It's very clear, we understand love and hate, right? We love certain things, and we don't even have it good grasp of that because we say we love pizza we love grandma and we love our children right we we mix the words together and we say oh i hate that the way that smells i hate that whatever fill in the blank so we don't have a true understanding of true love and true hate god when he speaks listen he understands true love and true hate does god hate the bible says god hates sin does god love yes both love and hate from god comes from his nature of love you say i don't understand that Welcome to the crowd, right, I don't, to the club. I don't fully understand it either, but I, I read what the Word of God says. Now, when he talks about the world's hatred, watch what he's going to talk, tell his disciples. Verse 18, Jesus painted a true picture of the life as a faithful follower of Christ. Would you like to be a faithful follower of Christ? Anybody? Anyone? We say we would, but here's what's happened. We're too busy to be a faithful follower of Christ. We have too many irons in the fire, if it was, as it were, too many to be faithful follower of Christ. I'm too retired to be a faithful follower of Christ. There are certain things that you can read Romans 12 for yourself. It says, there's a list of things that says, this is what a Christian looks like. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us also, this is what a Christian does. They've been given a gift, and they're going to use it to bring up the glory of God through the local church. We understand there is not just a full checklist, even though we have some list. The Holy Spirit guides us in what we're supposed to do. Let's look and see. So as he paints this, on one hand, his disciples would enjoy the fellowship of one another and the friendship of God. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you my friend. If you love one another, if you do what I do, if you act in my nature to other people, if you express love, and expressing love, y'all, is not just that cuddly little teddy bear hug that you want to talk to people and say, I just love you. That is part of it. The other part is speaking the truth in love and saying that is wrong. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Amen? Society doesn't want to hear it. Society says, go with us. The world says, go with us. And if you oppose us, we're going to turn all of our ammunition back on you. Right? We're with you as long as you are with us. But when you oppose us, then the war begins. And let's look and see what he says. On the other hand, the outside world would reject them and show hatred towards them. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. Let's, read it. If we, let's get it together real quick. 2 Corinthians. Because the word of God speaks loudly. This is the Apostle Paul, of course, writing 
to the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Watch what the Word of God says. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, condemning ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. That's the world. Whose minds the God of this age, or God of this world, your Bible might say, has blinded. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. So here's the question. Who is the God of this world? Little G, by the way. It's the devil, Satan. He's the God of this world, or the prince of the air. And I want you to understand, he's a real person. Right, he was a real angel. He was created. He's a real being. He was created. He's not omnipresent like God. He can only be at one place at one time. I think he hangs around the White House a lot. I think he hangs out in the Middle East a lot, and he moves around. But he can only be at one place at one time. He does have demons or fallen angels who have working his business, if you will, against God. But listen, when you think of God, I want you to think of God who was not created, never had a start date or an end date. Forever God, infinite God, he creates these angels under him to actually bring glory to him, right? To actually serve him. They're ministering spirits, the Bible says, because God had a plan for you and me as humanity. And those angels, and you can read Ezekiel, you can read Isaiah. Satan wanted to say he was the worship leader. He wanted all the praise. He would basically bring the praise and deliver it to God. He was a beautiful, angelic being. Lucifer was his name. And the Bible says clearly he wanted to ascend to the hill of God. He wanted to stop the praise from the angels and receive it for himself. I will ascend to God's place. He wanted to dethrone God. Pride entered to his heart. The Bible says God kicked him out of heaven. He didn't leave heaven on his own accord. He got booted. Amen? He was kicked out of heaven. And so God is not opposite of the devil. In his ways they are. They're opposite. But God is God. Satan was just this small angel that was created. Just like you were created Imagine yourself trying to go up against God. Would you succeed or fail? You'd fail miserably. Like one word, you're dead. Same thing for Satan. So when I was a kid, I just thought, why didn't God just kill the devil when he was, right? Anybody else ever thought that as a kid or even as an adult? Why did God let him sin? Why did God do all this? And we ask questions of God instead of saying, why did the devil sin, right? Because we like to blame God. We, we know there's a holy standard and he can handle anything, so let's put everything on him. That's how we do in our sinful life if you're not careful. You say, why did God let this happen in my life? Or why did God allow that relationship? Why did God take her, take him? Whatever it might be, we want to go and blame God instead of looking in the mirror and say, what did I do to cause this? Right? Isn't it easier to blame someone else? How many of you have ever heard or said, the devil made me do it? The devil can't make you do anything. Amen? James 4 is very clear. When the devil comes, when he's tempting you, all temptations come from myself, my sinful self, and the world system and Satan. It's coming after me. And what I do, the Bible says to draw near to God. I walk up to the throne of God because he says I can come boldly. I draw near to God. I resist the devil. What does he have to do? He has to. He has to get away. He has to flee. Go away from me. He'll come back at another day. But i got to tell you bad news too. You're not so important that the devil's messing with you. You're a small fry and an empty Happy Meal. That's what you are. You're just not important. Now, if you're praying like crazy, if you're on the, on the, on the, uh, the front line with the Lord, then you're going to find out that you're in 
either collusion with the devil or collision with the devil, as Adrian Rogers used to say. Collusion means I'm going down the same railway he's going down. We're going in the same direction, headed in the same area, and I don't have any troubles in my life. If you're in collision with the devil, listen, when you come your way with the Spirit of God, God's leading you to do the work of Him that He's called you to do, the chosen people of God. Satan's coming this way with all the world's system and even your flesh to fight against you. You're going to have a collision one of these days. And it should be a daily collision. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, says the Word of God. Amen? You have someone living in you. The Holy Spirit, God, is living in you to guide you and walk you through day by day. You say, oops, that was just a little white lie, or oops, that was just a whatever, fill in the blank. That comes from your selfish desires and the temptations of Satan. Let's look in your notes, if you would. Satan is the god of this world. And by the way, just for the record, Halloween's coming up. Satan does not have a red tail and a pitchfork and, and little horns. Don't let your kids dress up like the devil. I would even say don't let your kids dress up like witches because you're sponsoring devil's kingdom. You're saying, look, look, look here. It's all evil. And people say, Pastor, you're too old-fashioned. That's just for fun. That's how we're living our life today, is it not? It's just, well, it starts out one little slide. Just, just, just let that go. It, that's just one little joke, or that's just one lifestyle, and it turns into the world that we've created today. Do you know what's wrong with the world today? The church of God is what's wrong with the church today. We are not standing up being the people of God that he's called us to be. That's the problem with the world today. Well, let's go into your notes. I want to finish this so you have this to take to work this week and share. Verse 19, the first part of it says, Jesus said a disciple of Christ would not love the world. Now we're into trouble. He did tell you that you can love one another. He did tell you the world system, and that's everybody in the world, is going to hate you because you oppose them because they're tied into the world system. And then he said a disciple, his disciples, will not love the world. Why? Because it's very clear in the word. If you love the world, right? And the word is that sinful works of the flesh which are in it. What did Jesus want us to focus on? It's in your notes. If you love the world, you're not his disciple. If you're taken away by every type of music, every movie, you've got to be there, and everybody's talking about, oh, I've got to go see Hocus Pocus because my kids will just love that. Or I've got to go see fill in the blank. Harry Potter was a big thing when I was a children's minister. All the different things of the world, but it's good reading. They get extra points at school if they read these thick books. Do you think the devil's counting the points? He knows good and well that actually it's going to entertain them. It's going to bring them to the place that they chase after worldly things. You say, well, Pastor, that's just, that's just, that's just made up stuff. I bought the Harry Potter series when it first came out when I was a children's minister. And the girl that checked me out at Barnes & Noble's had black fingernails. She had a pentagram around her necklace. And this would have got me smacked when I was a child. But I said, hey, I'm buying these. I'm a Baptist preacher. Are you a witch? You know, imagine asking the clerk if she's a witch. And she says, as a matter of fact, I am. And she said, uh, I said, what do you think about these Harry Potter books? She says, oh, they're great books. And I'm training my children to be warlocks, witches, male witches, uh, with these books, the, 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 all the spells in these are real. She said, I use them. Now, how much credit, credence did I give her? Not much, because once she said I'm a witch, she lost all credibility with me. I said, well, I'm a Baptist preacher. I'm completely 180. I'm opposed to what you believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is alive. And I was share, able to share the gospel right there at Barnes & Nobles. This is years ago. But I want you to understand, even back then, Satan was trying to grab and get after kids. Now, y'all know my biggest heartbreak in the last five minutes we have together is these social media cell phones that we have, we've given our kids, paying 80 to to $100 a month to kill our kids. If your child is under the age of 15 and they have a cell phone, why? Why? 
how much trouble have we had in our school with cell phones, how much trouble have we had in society with pornography and every other thing that takes away the heart of men and women, and it's usually through the mobile device or the television. The new series, everybody couldn't wait. Uh, even a preacher friend of mine put out, at least there's something to watch on TV. All the new series just came out. Well, sometimes I don't think there's anything wrong with watching television necessarily, but you've got to see what you're watching. And Wendy and I were turning on one of the new programs that came on, and the first scene was two women flirting with each other, ready for a relationship with each other. I said, turn that trash off our TV. Why do we even have a television? I'm not going to watch two men or two women make out on television and say, oh, that's just one scene. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to do it. It makes me sick to my stomach to think how vile we as a society have become and we as Christians stand by and watch. No, we don't watch. We endorse it. We pay for it. Because without the resources of having the money coming in, they couldn't have put those programs together. We tolerate it to beyond what God is very clear. We are to love one another. But the Bible is very clear. Don't love the world. Don't love the world system. If you do, you're showing that you're not a disciple of Christ. We'll watch this and we'll finish this in your notes. Verses 22 through 24. Jesus judged, excuse me, he told them they was going to be persecuted. That's the fill in the blank. Jesus judged the world because of his word he preached to them. The world is guilty of loving sin. Let me say that again. The world is guilty of loving sin. You say, well, not me. Measure your week this past week. How much of your week was given to the Lord? How much of your time was giving to worldly things? And y'all know what I mean when I say worldly things, don't you? The things that are actually are not of God. Even music. I was listening just as I had time to, as you, some of you know, I had time to vacation a little bit this week and, and um, television came on. I was flipping channels going, there's nothing to watch. And I was listening to news. I was listening to different shootings. I was listening to what's happening in Tokinti in Thailand, the shooting at the daycare. What motivates people to actually go and just kill innocent people? The thing is, it's the devil. He works at overtime to make us do the wrong thing. Jesus judged the world because of his word he preached to them. In 23, those who hate Jesus, what does your note say? Hate God the Father. You can't say, well, I love God, but I don't like that Jesus stuff. You can't have one without the other. Amen? And finally, the Holy Scriptures were and are being fulfilled through the world's demonstration of hatred for all things holy. The Bible's clear. Satan is at full work. He's at full throttle coming after us as believers. But his job's pretty easy because most Christians aren't making a difference in their world. Most Christians aren't a good witness. I don't want to lose my job, Pastor. Most Christians aren't. We don't talk about religion to my family, Pastor. And you, you, you wouldn't believe the excuses I hear over and over again. Pastor, would you pray for my so-and-so? And here's what I need to tell you this morning. I want to be blunt and, and forceful to you. You are in their sphere of influence. I'm not. God has put that person and you in their life and them in your life so that you might share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those people. Your co-workers, the students, the professors, it's not my job to do your job. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 tells us how we're saved, right? God's grace, our faith. He gives us our faith. And after we're saved, we have work to do. If it's Gideon Bible distribution, if it's, if it's going and actually sharing the gospel, if it's speaking at a church, Mr. Goodman don't know all of y'all. But he came today to tell you, listen, would you join in with the army of Gideons, right? The Gideons International, the church extended to get the word of God out. If you can't go, you give. If you can't give or go, you pray. Or you might give, go, and pray. I don't know what God's called you to do, but church, it's time to get up off these comfortable pews and get onto a rugged world who's going to hate you when you walk out. Keep this in mind. Jesus said, keep this in mind. 
It's going to hate you. The world and the world system is completely against you. So when you speak a word for the Lord, you're going to get made fun of. And he said, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake. Now don't go cause trouble on your own sake. That's on you, right? God has no part of that. If you pick a fight because you just don't like the person, that's on you. But if God will open up every door, even when you make mistakes and when you sin against God, ask for his forgiveness. He gives you that door of opportunity to share the love of Christ with a watching world. The world is watching. The world, listen, y'all were part of the world. Some of you, maybe you're still part of the world. You're not a Christian today. But does anybody remember what it's like to be lost? I remember what it's like to be lost. No one was speaking a word to me. It's always good to see you. Welcome to church. Sing a song. Pray a prayer. Listen to a sermon and then go out and live your own life the way you want to live. God's very clear. His disciples, we don't love the world. We hate the world with his holy hatred because God has spoken. We talked about last week, we, we threw subjects out, right? Any subject, God's word speaks on it. No matter what the subject in life. And if, you, if you're battling with something today, here's what I want to leave you with as we leave. If you're battling with any sin today or, or topic and you don't know the answer, Go to God's Word. Get help. Call us. We'll, we'll go to God's Word together because He has all the answers. If you desire wisdom, the Bible promises that He'll give it to you freely. But you've got to believe that He's going to give it to you. And He'll open up any door of wisdom for you that He wants you to understand, that He wants you to understand. So I'm going to be challenged today. Listen, keep this in mind. You are chosen if you're a Christian today. You've been set apart. What are you set apart for? The good works that God has assigned for you to do. Are you doing them? If not, why not? Not convenient? Don't know how? That's why we have discipleship training. That's why we come to church. We get equipped to go do the work of the ministry. God's called us church. It's our responsibility. If you're not a Christian today, listen, it's your responsibility to hear the word of God from the Holy Spirit and respond and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. That's where it begins. And everything after that is all discipleship. It's, it's a full train ride of, Lord, let's go. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. And I, Lord, I tell you I, I, that I love you. And Lord, thank you that you give us an avenue to be a part of the kingdom work. We know we're going to be persecuted. We know our words going to be uh, misconstrued or misaligned. And Lord, even when we speak the truth, when they're very clear, there's going to be anger and frustration and pushback. Lord, if we follow you, they even crucified you on a cross because they hated you and they hated God the Father but yet they would meet the next week and worship God with their mouths, but their hearts would be far from you. Father, help our church, Town Creek Baptist Church, and help the Gideons International, Lord, as the men go forth in Jesus' name and auxiliary, women's auxiliary go forth in Jesus' name to support, to give out the word of God. Lord, may we make a dent. May we make a dent in this world, Lord, for Jesus Christ. Let it not be said at our funeral that, Lord, we love the world more than we love our Savior. Let us follow you until the day you call us home. Are you come and get us? Thank you, Lord, for your many, many blessings. And I pray for our church, a blessing of our church and the Bible preaching churches today. In Jesus' name, for his sake, amen.